0: so psalm 48 we read 46 and 47 we studied through those last time so we're in 48 uh this is a, uh, a psalm is a celebration of god's deliverance of jerusalem from in an in invading army when you look at verses four through seven you'll see the evidence of that so as we're studying through uh it's it's quite a neat psalm though uh there's a uh uh, I was I had jumped into a commentary. Uh, Warren Wiersbe is one of my favorite guys um, uh, to read, and yeah, great. You, you know, uh, Peyton loves him too. Uh, he's a great, great commentator. Loves the Lord, you know, loves the Word, and, and shares it. And uh, he he put a spin. He put he he said uh, there are three things that stuck out to him, and he said, the, you know, look at the city, enjoy the city, and celebrate the city. So um, I was very blessed by that. And I figured that you would be too. So I wanted to share that. And as we see the breakdown of those, I'll I'll say, hey, uh, you know, verses one through eight is where we're looking more. What the scriptures are saying is look at this city. And then as Christians, what you can see here is there's a celebration of Jerusalem here. But we know as believers, there's a different Zion that we look forward to, um, that heavenly Jerusalem that we can look forward to, which is, uh, so sweet for us that we have a place, we have a home that we're going to. So as we're looking through this, uh, you know, we we can look at it uh, as uh, historical, as as what they're celebrating, but also as New Testament believers understanding that there is a different place for us, a new uh, a new Jerusalem that we long for, that Zion that we long for. Uh, Hebrews chapter twelve. Um, verses uh, 18 through 24, speak of a uh, heavenly Jerusalem. F- uh, Philippians 3.20 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, for uh, from which we also wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where our citizenship is. So if there's a place, a city for us to boast of, like as Christians, we can boast of the heavenly Jerusalem. Um, uh, for for us Christians to look forward to. But as we're looking here, uh, it's neat to see that how those two correlate. So uh, verse 1 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We could spend all night on that. Great is God and greatly to be praised. Um, there is, uh, uh, when we can consider, if you think of a song like How Great Thou Art, where there's a contemplation, right, of how wonderful the world is. And you can look at all of creation and know that this was made by a wonderful maker, right? Um, that, That there was a loving God that created us. You know, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. They are celebrating the fact that he delivered them, that they have a city to be in. You know, when, when we can consider, like I said, how great he is and uh, that, that there is a lie that he doesn't even exist, that is very prominent, especially in America. Uh, since uh, the Bibles were kicked out of school, uh, you know, look, look at the decline, the spiritual decline of America. Look at the, the rise, the increase in uh, crime and uh, look at the, the crazy rates of everything bad shooting through the roof. It's a result of us not giving praise and credit where it's due. So because if we just came from a pile of goo, okay, where do we get our, our uh, um, universal, I'll just say like a universal, where do we get our morals from? Where do we get them from? Because if we don't have a standard, then there's no set standard of a moral for us to follow, right? So uh, the further we get from, away from a creator, a great God, the further away we get from Him, the 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 greater the depravity grows. Right? We get in worse and worse states because there's no accountability. I'll just live my life, do what I want to do, and I'm just I'm gonna return to the earth, and that was it, or I'm gonna turn into a tree. Or I've always heard people say that. I'm like, really? You just want to like stand there, all, like for 300 years or whatever? You know? Okay. yeah. Sounds great. You know, you got to hope that your wood isn't valuable because there you go again. Don't know what you're going to turn into then. You know, it's awful. But there is a God who is great, who is worthy of being praised. Greatly to be praised. You know, when we can consider, um, uh, I I think what I've noticed um, most when I'm so grateful for my life is when I know somebody or I've experienced or been around death. You know, when we can look and go, I'm, I'm so grateful for this gift that we have called life. That that, that we can live a life and uh, understand that we were given that life by a great God. And then as we understand that, the praises are great. Because then we're thankful for everything, right? And uh, I, at those times, I, when, when I've come to that realization more, when it's more real, you know what I mean? When it's something that's more forefront in your mind. Uh, it's been when we're kind of faced with our own mortality when we see that we've uh that you know we we are temporal and uh, that that what we what we have to offer uh is just' we're, we're vapors i love how james refers to us as a vapor um, because that puts things in proper perspective for us so uh, great is the lord and greatly to be praised now they're saying this because of what god had done for them in the city of our God and in His holy mountain, what they're saying is we should be praising Him in the city, we should be praising him uh, where we would uh, praise uh wherever we would meet corporately in praise uh beautiful in elevation, so they're talking about the city, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king, uh, so they're saying that God should be praised all through Israel. That uh, that as they're praising, they should be uh, praising him all throughout, everywhere, not just in pockets. Um, you know the the recent. Um, some people will say revival. Some some people will say a small awakening or whatever that happened in a, a, a few uh, Christian schools around the world, uh, and not just in America, but I heard of others outside of America that that there was this awakening. People are going and just confessing their sins, and they're going and they're getting right. Uh, with the Lord. And then you had scoffers saying, I don't know, this is just everybody's just going, God moved in a powerful way. Um, we are skeptical and sometimes for good reason. But when I listened to that whole passage, the whole message um, at, at Asbury uh, College, I listened to the whole message and it was one of selflessness. And uh, he was preaching, I think from Romans 12. And uh, he just went through that, and then it just turned into prayer, and and the Holy Spirit moved. It was a, it was a, a a great a great thing that not only in a city, but it would be great as a, as a, as a nation to be praising him all throughout the whole nation. Look at verse three. It says, "God is in her palaces. He is known as her refuge. God is in her palaces." And known as her refuges, refuge. That that he himself is the one that's in the palaces. You know, would would we want to meet here? Okay, I find great comfort when Jesus says that we're more, we're two or more gathered in His name. He's in our midst. Can you imagine if He said, if there were ten thousand, I'd be there. Right. Think of the heart of God. Remember, remember when there was the petitioning to save Lot. Right. And there's this exchange that's happening. And Abraham is, is speaking to God, and he's saying, oh, Lord, okay. And he's trying to strike a deal with the Lord. Like, I know you're going you're gonna to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's thinking of his nephew Lot, right? And he's trying to make a deal. Lord, what if, what if there were 50 people that are righteous? And the Lord's saying, if there were 50 people, I would spare it. And then he goes to 40. And it, the number keeps dwindling. It gets down to 10. If there are 10 people who are righteous in this nation. There weren't, but that's the right. That's the the gracious heart of our father so that the righteous do not get punished with the with the wicked. Right. Oh, that that God would be with that. We know him as our refuge. He's the one that protects us. Right. That refuge, the one that we can run to, that strong tower that we can run to knowing that the Lord is with us is comforting. God is in the palace. They're saying here, they're celebrating the fact that God had just saved them. Verse 4 says, For behold, the kings assembled. They passed by together. They saw it, and they, and they marveled. They were troubled. Uh, they were troubled. They hastened away. Fear took hold of them there, and pain as of a woman in birth pangs. And when you broke the ship's, of tarshish with an east wind you know so verses 4 through 7 uh you know this is speaking to the enemies of israel you know this it was frightening so when they considered the 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 city of the lord when they when they would consider uh jerusalem and they would consider it they were afraid of it excuse me they were afraid it was a uh, a place of judgment for them that's opposite for us when we can consider this as as New Testament believers knowing that heaven is the place that we can go to you know for those that, that reject the, the Lord unfortunately uh, it's a place of fear or they've been deceived into thinking everybody's just going to go there because you know my good outweighs my bad right that's not how, the, how it works in God's economy if that was how it works then Jesus didn't need to come to die that's not how it works though believers in Christ, we can celebrate. You know, we we don't have to be afraid of uh, this, this city that the Lord has for us. Verse 5 says that they uh, saw it and they marveled and they were troubled and they hastened away. You know, they were they were gathered and then they passed by. They were troubled and hastened means they ran away. They were moving with haste. We don't usually use that word much in today's language. Make haste. You know, we don't you know, tell our kids, you know, to a kid, get your butt over here, right? That's, you know, that's what we're going to say. Hurry up. Let's go. I say it to my dog. Let's go. You know, he understands that. He's very stubborn. He's a good dog, but he's very stubborn. You guys have met him before. He's he's a good looking boy, but boy, is he stubborn sometimes. If I looked at him and said, make haste, you're going to look at me like, what? He's not going to know what I mean. Let's go, right? So they hastened away. You know, they were afraid of the Lord is what they were afraid of. And what they knew that, that with God being in the palace, uh, that, that they didn't have a chance, that, that God was with them and that he was their refuge. They didn't have a chance. If you look at verses 6 and 7, you know, fear took hold. and It says uh, like, like birth pangs are unavoidable, that, that fear was unavoidable. And, you know, God was moving powerfully on their behalf. and Their enemies knew it and God delivered them. Verse 8 As we have heard, so we have seen in the city of our Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, God will establish it forever. You know, God is uh you know, living up to his reputation. They had seen, they had heard. Now in Israel they were told all the way back in in the old testament as as we're reading even in psalms is they were they were to teach their children as they're walking by the way right they're they're that in the mornings in the evenings they're supposed to teach them teach their children so they knew the scriptures and and the religious leaders would quiz the kids they would know they had heard they had seen they had experienced things and now this group of people they had Heard of God's great, uh, you know, victories that can come in God, and now they had seen it themselves, and now they're celebrating it uh, as they uh, as they are um, writing here in this song. Uh, so verses one through eight would be the admiration looking at that city as I as I talked to you earlier uh, from Wearsby. Verse verses nine through eleven uh, is a it, the, the actual celebration uh, continues. Where they would be enjoying the city. Verse nine says, uh, "We have thought, uh, so we have thought, O God, on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple." You know, in Israel had uh, enjoyed Jerusalem and the victory God had given them. And when it says here that they thought on God's loving kindness, the, the Hebrew word means covenant loyalty, co- God's covenant, covenant loyalty to them. That's, that's important to understand because God made them a promise based on faith, right? It wasn't based on their faithfulness. You know, there were times where uh, they were unfaithful to God and they would, they would face the consequence, but God made Israel a promise, right? All the way back to Abraham. And then you see it passing on from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, that Abrahamic covenant going through and that God would see them through. Sometimes they made life really hard on themselves. They have to walk around in circles in the desert for 40 years, dying off that that unbelieving generation would die off. But God's loving kindness, his faithfulness, his unfailing love, his mercy, his good favor. That's what it's speaking of. It says, we have thought, oh God, on your loving kindness. Guys, if you're going to think on anything, if you're going to meditate on anything, you know, what a thing to ponder on, right? God's unfailing love and faithfulness towards us you know if you if you need some reassurance in your life at any point go back and think of God's loving kindness that he has shown toward us throughout our whole lives especially as we've accepted him and walk with him as his children right if that's if there's one thing for us to look back on something to, to meditate on you know this says in the midst of your temple in the place of worship They came to that place of worship. We can get there spiritually, that place of worship. We can be here and meditate on on God's faithfulness. What a wonderful thing for us to meditate on. You know, that will result in giving us strength to continue on. It keeps our hearts in the right place. You know, our our thoughts and, and anxieties and fears. All those things can, can be put in their proper place, right? I love the old hymn which says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. As we're meditating on the face of our Lord, all the troubles, everything else just fades away. All the cares of this life, everything. Because when we focus on him, we're focusing on eternity. We're focusing on more than what we're facing right now. You guys, ever been in a spot where you feel like you can't get past? You can't. You can't think about anything more than uh, just this one thing. And I, I know I've used this, this example before, but I've been here before. Uh, where there's a, uh, I had a, a good boss um, at my old job, and uh, he was uh, my commander, and he. Uh, I was explaining when somebody was going through such a hard time. And uh, I know I've shared this, but forgive me if, if you've heard it. But if you haven't heard it, hopefully that's for you. But and he grabbed a piece of paper and he flipped it over and it was blank on the back. And he just put a dot on it. He goes, that person can only see that dot. They don't have any idea that everything else is going on in their life. They can only fixate right now on this. You guys been there before where that problem is swallowing you whole and that problem is as small as that little dot because that's what we're focusing on that's where our 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 attention is we get to that point right and whatever it is even how small it is becomes so big that it's consuming everything it's not letting you sleep you know you try to sit down you try to relax you can't relax i've been there before that's not a good place to be <laughs> yep I've been there before. The Lord delivered. The Lord was so faithful to help. That that ever-present help in time of need. It was times, just sometimes alone in my car, just crying as I'm singing songs. You know, because I'm going through whatever it is, the stress in life. You know, the uh, just sorrow, whatever it is. And just, you guys have been there. I know you have, because you're humans. (laughs) <laughs> right we've been there right that point of of despair this here is in celebration and they're saying we have thought oh god on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple this is an awesome thing you know that when they can look at god and go oh this is you are you are so good oh you're so so good according to your name verse ten, O god so is your praise to the end of the earth, your right hand is full of righteousness. You know, guys, when when we get into a point where we can't and we feel like that that life, I need to say this too that life is swallowing us up. Now, the scripture gives us some things that are going to minister to us. Second Corinthians ten verses, uh, verse five, so tells us to take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. Every thought captive. Right? Because our fears and everything lie to us. They lie to us. You ever heard that song? It's a great song. Zach Williams. I listened to it on the way down. Fear's a Liar. Right? Yep. He knew it was coming. That is a great song. That is a great song. I, I recommend anytime you're dealing with fears, doubts, anxieties, put that song on. You know, it's going to lift your heart to think of the Lord, to praise Him. You guys know, I've shared it with you, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing, right? But in all things, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, right? As we just lay it up to God. had to share that. had to share that. Verse 10, according to your name, O God, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of your judgments. That nine through eleven is a is a great way of of, of looking at celebration and understanding God's loving kindness did all of this. There there's there's our celebration. There's there's a a, a great way for us to um, look forward to. Being with the Lord in his city, that as they're celebrating in his physical city, we know as Christians, we can think, we can meditate on that city to come. I wanted to share something uh, Spurgeon said regarding our, our, our heavenly dwelling place uh, that as we're meditating, you know, you, uh, we have thought, of, like it says in verse 9, oh God, on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple. If we want to look at that in New Testament terms and understand our heavenly home, Spurgeon says this little faith will take your soul to heaven, but great faith will bring heaven to your soul. That's 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 amazing for us that we can have that eternal focus while we're here, that we can meditate on the Lord and think of him while we're here. Verses 12 through 14, celebration continues. Walk about Zion and go all around her. Count her towers. Mark well her bulwarks, the uh, fortified wall. Uh, Consider her palaces that you may tell it to the generation following. For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. You know the uh, I, I love verse uh, verse twelve through uh, halfway through thirteen. It's telling us uh, walk about Zion and go all around her, count her towers, mark well the the bulwarks. For us, you know, we can we can observe these things in the scriptures that we can look and as we're uh, reflecting on what God has done for us, we can we can look right in the scriptures and go, oh, you know what. Uh, th- think about that. Walk, all, walk about Zion. As we're walking around, as we're meditating, as we're thinking about how God has delivered us, we can look and go, oh, you know what? Just like they're saying here, where they saying, go all around her, count her towers, mark well her bulwarks. You know, And you're going, oh, this is where God worked right here for me, and I could go here, and this is where God defended me, right here in this bulwark. You know, those are those are great things for us to be able to, to meditate on. Verse uh, The second half of verse 13 says that you may tell it to the generation following. Tell it to the next generation. That they would be heavenly minded. They need to hear these things. They need to know these things. I'm so blessed. I got to spend several years uh, teaching children upstairs. Just talking to them about God that we're up there just planting seed, right? And watering the seed and watching God work and watching that seed grow. And that it's producing fruit in their lives. They're growing. They're getting to know the Lord more. You know, God is is so uh, gracious to us and that we get to tell somebody else, the next generation following, you know, that you may tell it to the generation following. If we're not telling what God has done for us, I mean, that's, we should be. It's, it's sinful for us not to share what God has done, right? Otherwise, we're hiding it, right? We're hiding it going, oh, I don't want to tell anybody what God's done for me. You know, we should be glorifying it. I love that. Consider all these, the, you know, her palaces and, you know, the, the bulwarks, the towers. As, as you're looking at all those things, it should spark conversation. should be sharing. Verse uh, 14 says, this is our God our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. This is our God. He will be our guide. You know, the one that, that there isn't some uh, just thing out there floating around uh, that people are still trying to discover, you know, that that they're saying we know that the victory came from our God and that he is the one that guides us. There isn't this. Uh, you guys notice um, I've seen this in in shows or in movies where they're talking about, you know, don't talk that way. We don't want the universe to hear, right? There's this weird, like weird thing going on that the universe is alive and that the universe is all knowing because science has had such trouble with, uh, with, um, Darwinism and, and, and rejecting a creator now the, the okay, we're, we're going to go with, there's an intelligent designer. Okay. Well, who's the intelligent designer? You know where they're going aliens, Right. You know, if you look at our culture, that's where the culture is going. It's aliens. And they're not smart enough. Or they come here in these little dishes that nobody really sees, right? This mysterious thing. What I love about God is it's black and white. And he reveals himself to us. Isn't it so much better than what we deal with uh, in, in whatever fables and stories are being told? The craziness of what's being told out there? Of this massive unknown That we're going to finally bump into. Oh, you guys are the ones that did it. Yeah, okay. That's where you want to place your faith and trust and have fun launching rockets and doing whatever. You know, by the end of your life, still not finding anything. You know, here we are, 6,000 years into this. You know, it's crazy. It's craziness. This is our God, our God forever and ever. He's the one that guides us. You know, what peace we have now to know where we're going, to know why and how we're going to get there, that God is going to guide us. Where it says, forever and ever, he will be our guide even to death. Right, Or or you can look at that as forever, that God will be our guide forever. That we as Christians can celebrate knowing, uh, as, as we started this discussion in this psalm, that this is speaking of Zion, it's it's, uh, Zion itself, uh, Israel, but speaking of Jerusalem, you know, when they're they're talking about their city and how how grateful they they are to have it, that we can look at our heavenly Jerusalem that we're looking forward to, knowing that we're going to get there because God is good, because he loves us. There's no question what's going to happen. C.S. Lewis, I have this quote to share from you. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most present uh, did most for this present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is, I can't even read my own writing. I don't even know what that word is. It is the something Christians that. What's that? Oh, I can't even read it. I, I have no idea what I wrote there. It is the something Christians, uh, uh, it was something, I I don't know, I don't even know what I wrote. Uh, That's awful. Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. What he's talking about is the heavenly mindedness. That the, the Christians that have done the most for this world are those that are focused on the next world, right? For us Christians, that New Jerusalem, that we would, that that's our goal, that's what we focus on. And that's what we can boast of is that God is is guys. This world, if you look at the scriptures, is going, it's it's going to be this is temporal. The world can do everything it wants to think that we can conserve it. Should we be good stewards of what we have? Absolutely. We should not be trashing the world or everything. But you know, you can hug a tree as long as you want. Eventually, all of what we're looking at is going to burn. It all is. It all is. There, God, God has. More, uh, more plans, a uh, bigger plans, a better hope for us. Hallelujah, Amen. Right, that we would be heavenly minded. I, uh, I the youth pastor that I, I, and our assistant pastor over in Washington, Tim, was awesome, and he said he had this saying that you would have eternity stamped on your eyeballs. I was like, that's awesome, seeing everything through eternity. But it was always weird to me, like, do I see the word constantly or what? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, that's just my weird mind. I know you guys wouldn't do that, but Psalm 49 The confidence of the foolish. Hear this, all peoples, give ear, in uh, all inhabitants of the world, both rich, uh, sorry, both low and high, rich and poor together, it's interesting when you look at those those two things. Here, everyone, you know, every, give ear everybody, everybody who's listening, rich and poor, uh, both equal to God. There's, there's, there's no partiality. If you look at James chapter 2, there's no partiality with the Lord, right? He doesn't care. <laughs> We're not going to impress God. Like, hey, have you seen my shiny, you know, whatever. He doesn't care. You know, rich, poor. It's about what's going on internally, what's in our souls, right? They're rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will disclose my dark saying uh, on the harp. You know, when he's saying, my mouth shall speak wisdom, all that our mouths would, right? And that our hearts uh, would meditate. You know, it says, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. Those are, those are great things for us that we would be imparting wisdom and understanding to others, right? As we're thinking, as we're saying and what we're doing, I will disclose uh, my dark saying on the harp. He's talking, speaking of a riddle. Look at verse 5. Why should I fear the days and the days of evil when the iniquity at my heels surrounds me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him so you know when we when we can consider what we're reading here in verse five, you know the Christian has nothing to fear. You know, where it's speaking of uh, where it says when the iniquity at my heels surrounds me, the evil, the wickedness at my heels surrounds me to trip us up. That's what it's, it's talking about, right? At my heels, the thing that would stop us, that would pull us down. You know, there's nothing to fear there. And when you, when you consider verse six, it says those uh, who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches. You know, that trusting in, in wealth, uh, as we know, when we look through the scriptures, leads to an emptiness, leads to a, a great foolishness, a folly. You know, they, um, you know, it's here today and gone tomorrow, right? We've seen that happen countless times. You know, there are some that will live their lives, all their lives, uh, uh, their they're, they're financially well off. Great. That doesn't mean that they're sinful, it doesn't mean anything there. But when the trust is there, that's the problem. The problem is what do we trust in? Where it says those who trust in their wealth. right? That's the problem. Where is our trust? What is the thing that we are, are placing our hope and faith in? Because it's in the wealth, if it is in the wealth, you know, and when the what ends up happening uh, here at the end of six says, "In the boast of the multitude, in the multitude of their riches." Have you not seen that in today's culture? You know, you look on TV. You know, have you ever heard uh, today's music talking about you know all the money? Oh, I got this, I got that. You know, sp- specifically for me, like you guys know, in the '90s, I loved rap, I loved hip hop. The message hasn't changed. The message is the same. The, the Christian rapper Lecrae calls them all out on it in a great song. And I can't remember what the name of the song is. Um, I think he says, uh, I'm going to talk about it. I think that's what it is. He says, I'm going to talk about it. So um, I know we're in Maine, we, you know, whatever. But that's what he says. And what he's doing is he's calling out the culture that everybody's talking about, how much money they have, the women they have, the possessions they have, all this stuff. And he's saying, that's what everybody else is saying. It's nothing new. It hasn't changed. And it's so empty. It doesn't help any of their problems that they're having in life. There's a deceitfulness of riches, right? Jesus spoke about that in a parable. They get caught up in the deceitfulness of riches. The the riches are deceitful. Again, money is not evil. The, the, The root of all evil, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's that love, that trusting in that, right? That's what's going to make somebody's heart depart from the Lord. Verse 7 says, None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. You can't bribe God. You know, uh, the scriptures say whatever man sows, he reaps, right? We can't walk up to God. Indulgences, you ever heard of those? Martin Luther, uh, you know, had, had something to say about those. Just made his stomach turn. Catholic Church, I don't even remember the century that it was. 14th, I'm going to say 14th century, right? Yeah, 14th century. I should know that. But uh, indulgences. What they were selling was you could come and you could pay off things. You could be like, hey, can I, can I shorten my time in purgatory so if I pay, if I give this money to the church, will that t- cover that? Well, if you want to do that, you can cover that with this much. If you've done that, you can cover it with this. Think of how weird that is. And everybody just jumped on board. They're all, you know, went to the bank, emptied everything out. Like, hey, I'm going to go pay for everything. They got taken. That's awful. That's awful. We can't bribe God. We can't buy anybody out of you know you know standing in front of the Lord like hey how much money you need Lord you know I can write the check deliver that to the church and that person's going to be okay right no that's not how that's not how things work I don't know how they got away with that because people didn't know the word that's the problem can't give God a ransom for him verse eight. For the redemption of their soul is costly, and it shall cease forever. They shall, uh, uh, that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. Your redemption of the soul is costly. I like that. Verse 7 says it can't be bought. There's nothing that man can do to buy it. I know this crowd, and I know that you all understand that that's pointing to the need for one to pay for it, right? There was no way for us to pay for it. But we know that our Savior, the spotless lamb, did very costly. It says, for the redemption of their souls is costly. It's so costly that only the Son of God could pay the debt. That's, it. that's the, He's the only one. Remember, when he went to uh, the, uh, the garden and he said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. It still happened. Nevertheless, Jesus said, not my will be done, but your will be done. Very costly. You know, for the redemption of their soul is costly. That God would die. That when God dies, there's the redemption of the soul. When somebody comes to salvation in him. Verse 10. For he sees wise men die. Likewise, the fool and the senseless person perish and leave their wealth to others. Isn't that the story so much, right? We all, we we just understanding, look at, look at verse 11 says, Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. Their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man, though in honor, does not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. You know, um, we, we uh, our our pastor here that, that labored so hard for 20 years, Will. I loved the, this quote that he had. He said, 10 out of people die. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I could get that. You guys know I'm not a mathematician. You know, but I can get those odds. 10 out of 10. You know, and I I think he might have been quoting a song. Ten out of people, he'd say ten out of ten people die. The uh, statistics are alarmingly high. Yes, he was quoting a song. He was awesome at that, right? Kentucky's blessed to have him teaching down there. But we're going to die. You know, when you're considering wealth is, you know, only good on this earth. That's it. It's only good because if we look back through these verses, you're going to see uh, it says that uh, just looking at verse 10, it says, For he uh, sees wise men die, likewise the fool and the senseless person perish and leave their wealth to others. That's what's going to happen. You know, it's not like even if they buried it, like even if that stuff got buried with us, right? Like you loaded up a whole coffin full of gold. What are you gonna do go to the dead mall Be like walk around and you know buy some new bones or something right what 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 can we do? there's nothing to do with it you you we we literally cannot take it. deceitfulness of riches will lead us to believing that those things are going to give us this great fulfillment but in the end they're remaining here i love I love that how how this says this look at verse eleven their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. In Maine? I mean, some of these houses have done really well. They get beat up, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of them, we got to put money into them. We got to fix this. We got to fix that. You know, you think of those old, you got, anybody have the, the old uh, foundations, like the real creepy ones, the, the, like the big stone foundations? that I just remember as a kid, that was the creepiest place. Like, none of us kids, if you shut the door and turn the light off, a kid, right? they're going to lose their minds, right? Those old, old houses, right? Some of them are still standing today. Eventually, they got to come down or be completely restored, right? The house is not going to last that long. My basement had this hole. This I still don't know what was in there. I lived there for 15 years. I was born in that house in Bucksport. I have no idea. It was in that. There's just this big. One of the boulders probably just fell out, and it's probably just like gravel and everything. But we were so frightened. Even at 15 years old, I was like, well, I ain't looking in there. <laughs> 15 years, I was in high school. You know, like uh-uh. No, it was just a creepy place to be. Right, those old houses. You know, yeah, they're built. They're well built. I, I uh, recently saw this this house being built uh, near my work big, huge timber frame. Like, uh, um, there was a timber frame business. I don't know if they're still here, uh, within the building. And I'm looking like that thing could survive like 14 tornadoes in a row, you know, cause it's just, it just, it's a fortress they're building eventually. Right. Eventually it's going to go. Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. Their dwelling place to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. We can do what we want to try to hold on to things. We can name it. We can build our own thing. But when we're earthly minded, this is going to be, we're going to come to the realization that it's, it's all temporal. Verse 12 says, nevertheless, man, though in honor, does not remain. Doesn't matter. Rich, poor, remember the way it started? Rich, poor, doesn't matter. Honor, dishonor, whatever, we're all going to get to that point. Unless we're raptured, unless we're taken away by the Lord, hopefully, soon, right? <laughs> you know, be praying. You know, we, uh, it says he is like the beasts that perish. So no matter what they're, they're focusing on, whatever they're putting their trust in, it's all going to go away. Everything. They can name it. They can do whatever they want. They can pass it along. Eventually, it's going to go away. Verse 13 says, This is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity who approve their saying. That's, uh, you know, when when we consider, you know, uh, what Proverbs has to say, uh, Proverbs uh, will will tell us, uh, do not overwork to be rich. Right. That we shouldn't over. That's that's wise. You know, Solomon, when he uh, was asked by the Lord, what you know, what would you want? He's like, I want wisdom. And he got that wisdom and he shared it with us. And he says, do not overwork to be wise. I'm uh, sorry, do, to be rich. You guys know what I meant, right? Do not overwork to be rich. If you would turn with me, uh, you know, I'm going to read first, but you guys can go ahead and turn uh, to Ecclesiastes five. But I'm going to I'm going to turn to first Timothy six. So as I'm turning, you can turn. Ecclesiastes 6 is right after right after Proverbs. 1 Timothy 6, verses 9 and 10 say, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. That doesn't sound pleasant to me. Verse 10 says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some, some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Many sorrows. The focus, if the focus is, is money and the trust turns to money, that's the emptiness that, that, that grows there. There, it's there's there's always going to be the desire for more, as we're going to read here in Ecclesiastes um, chapter five, verses ten and eleven. Ecclesiastes five verse ten says, "He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. When goods increase, they increase who eat them." So what profit have the owners except to see them with their eyes? That's it. You can see them with your eyes. That's it. That's all we can do. He might be able to touch whatever it is, right? But it's, you know, that, that, that thing that you can see and maybe touch. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. When goods increase, they increase who eat them. That's pretty crazy, right? So what profit have the owners except to see them with their eyes? That's that's the profit, that's it. Like after you can't see them anymore, they're 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 gone. All right. Back in Psalm 49 verse uh we'll back up to 13 again. This is the way of those who are foolish and their posterity, who approve their sayings. Like sheep they have laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall be consumed in the grave, far from their dwelling. Now those are those don't sound pleasant to me. I don't know about you guys, but going to the grave and getting eaten up. Those, those things just don't sound well to me. Look at verse 15, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave for he shall receive me. You know, that's, that's a a wonderful thing to, to dwell upon, you know, but God, that temporal that, that, Hey, you know, when somebody has placed their faith and their trust and, and their hope all in their riches and they, really get to the point of of emptiness and they realize they can't take them with us and and that everything's just going to rot. Everything's just going to be gone. But the focus, eternal, verse 15, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Do not be afraid when one becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend with him, uh, descend after him. That's scary. Notice the word descend. <laughs> I don't like that word. <laughs> That's not a good one, right? We want to ascend. We want to go up, D decline, descend. That is, that is the bad thing, right? Do not be afraid when one becomes rich, right? Because when someone becomes rich, they can become powerful also, right? And especially uh, even in that, but even in this day, oh, I got money, now I got this and that going on. If the, if the faith and trust, like, I, please, guys, there are wonderful brothers and sisters in the Lord that are very well off. Very well off. I, I saw this ministry, it was really cool in, where were we, Washington? We were in Washington or Italy? I can't remember, but this ministry that uh, there was this, uh, it was in Washington. Uh, pretty uh, like a modern day orphanage, and these these families, rather than breaking them up, they'd keep these kids together, and they'd have these people that would oversee the house, but the whole family could stay together. And that whole thing was being funded by a Christian uh, organization that uh, invested in silver, and something with silver railroads or something like that, and they were using those funds. To take care of guys, if you look at James, it says, perfect and undefiled religion before uh, God is to care for widows and orphans in their trouble. Like, I got to actually see that, and it was so powerful. Jen and I were like, We're gonna start an orphanage, <laughs> right? We were so blessed, we were so blessed by that. We we're like, That's our calling, and everything. And the Lord had different plans for us yes, care for people and be benevolent, you know, all those things. But God didn't have that plan for us, but we were was so moved by that. We were like, we need to get involved in that. And God had different plans for us, but it was so exciting to see that. I'm like, how do you guys pay for this? And they're like, investments. This this investment is funding all of this. You know, that the godly would use their funds to further the kingdom of God. You know, look at all the death and the rot and dissension. No, thanks. I'll take, uh, I'll take the uh, what what God has over that. Verse 18, though, while he lives, he blesses himself for men will praise you when you do well for yourself. Ouch. (laughs) Right? Wow. I don't know about you guys, but I can look at that and go lives and blesses himself. I've done a whole lot of blessing myself with whatever. I've worked for this, right? Will Will had a, a another thing that he shared with us that will, you know how you keep things, certain things stick in your, uh, my old boss called it your invisible backpack, right? So you kind of carry it around and you won't forget it or lose it or whatever. It was the warning th- that uh, against the message that can be whispered in our ear that we deserve better. You deserve better, right? That you deserve better destroys marriages, destroys our lives, you know we can get to that point where we're like yeah i can i deserve this and totally just waste money right now understand we know that that money's not going with us i'm not i'm not saying that we can't use it to go on a family trip any of those things but to be good stewards of what has been given to us right but look at that what what that says there again though while he lives he blesses himself for men will praise you when you do well for yourself Remember, I was watching a movie and uh, this lady was talking about all the rich and powerful men standing around congratulating each other. (laughs) I was like, wow, that's so true, because they were doing it too. She's like, oh, they're just going to stand around congratulating each other. Verse 19, he shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see the light. Speaking of the light of life, that's awful. A man who is in Uh, Man who is in honor yet does not understand is like the beasts that perish. You know, uh, the beasts that perish. Where it's talking about that light. They shall never see the light. That's frightening to read. They shall never see the light. When it says man who is in honor does not understand, it's like the beasts that perish. Beasts don't know. I told you I have a friend that works at the USDA. They have no idea they're walking into the slaughter. They're just kind of walking in front of the other one. And then they're just taking them out. They don't know. You know, they're just, their life is, is like beasts that perish. Life is over. They Don't even know that it's coming and phew, gone. You know, there's some pretty heavy warnings in Psalm 49 about the, uh, the foolishness of trusting in the riches of this world. You know, where that leads. I mean, the descent can't descend with him. Mm -mm. You know, we don't need that. Thankfully for the believer that trusts in the Lord, that our hearts are set on him, that he is the one that provides for us, you know, that, that we can just know and rest knowing there isn't a descension coming, waiting for us. We're not on the descend. Someday we will ascend, right? Whether we die and our soul individually goes or we all go caught up, snatched up, right? In rapture when the Lord calls us. Let's pray. Father, we are are grateful that that there is a a heavenly city for us to look forward to, that our citizenship is with you. Help us, Lord, to not get caught up in the deceitfulness of riches or whatever this world has to offer us that would distract us, draw our love uh, to things that are temporal, that are going to pass, that aren't going to last, can't take with us. Help us to invest in you and our relationship with you and as you lead us. Our time, resources, energy, love, everything focused toward you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.